Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Amanda Willis, and I am the kids pastor here at Union Chapel. So I oversee our babies through third graders, and we had an awesome, awesome week this past week. So for serve, I oversee our child care, early childhood serve, and kids serve. And we had in early childhood 24 three through five-year-olds that were a part of our early childhood serve this past week. And then in kids, kindergarten through third grade, we had 124 K through third graders. So. And I get the question a lot from a lot of people. Now, does a three through five-year-old, do they actually do anything for serve? Can they actually do anything? The answer is yes. So our three through five-year-olds, our kindergarten through third graders, they come through the week and they still do crafts and we have game time, but they have a Bible lesson time where they are getting into God's word and so they are learning about the gospel. They do service projects. So around, we don't leave campus, but we stay here on campus and they go around campus and they clean bathrooms, scrub toilets, they wash windows, they empty trash cans. I even had one little team of three through five-year-olds that were going around emptying the trash cans and I had one little guy start to actually cry tears because he didn't get to be a part of emptying the trash can into the bigger trash can. So they are enthusiastic. I don't remember the last time that I shed a tear when I didn't get a chance to take the trash out. So they are enthused about serving. They um, do service projects all around campus here. And it is just so encouraging to watch these little kids just want to serve Jesus. And so our theme this week was fruit of the spirit. So you heard the kids, they memorized the Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I know sometimes people hear the fruit of the spirit is a theme and they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's a great little verse for our kids. You know, that's a great verse for them. I don't know how much that applies to me, but as any of my volunteers will tell you throughout the week, that verse applies to all of us. God calls all of us to show his fruit of the spirit. And so our kids and my volunteers all got the opportunity, especially patience. So we got the opportunity to practice our fruit of the spirit. All my volunteers looked at me and they said, Amanda, why did you have to pray for us to have patience today? Because God is testing us to our limits. I told them I was just giving them an exercise in practicing their fruit of the spirit so that they could demonstrate it to our kiddos. So we had a great week. We also taught the kids about being, how to have a relationship with Jesus and what that looks like and how if we have that relationship, how we want to go out into the world and we want to be his light. We want to show our fruit of the spirit to those around us. And he, Jesus has called us in Matthew 5 to be the light of the world. So I'm going to read here in Matthew 5, starting in verse 13. Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so that's what we've called our kids to do. This past week, we called them to be a light in this dark world. They come, I give each and every one of them a glow stick. These glow sticks are all different colors. You got to see in the video them putting them in this cross that we've built. And these glow sticks are different colors because we're all unique and we're all different. And so each and every one of these kids get to come up and say that they're going to be a light in this dark and broken world. And so they come up and put their glow stick in the cross, and that demonstrates how they're going to leave this week of serve, and they're going to go out into the community and be a light for Jesus. These kids come from all different backgrounds. Some have a relationship with Jesus at the beginning of the week, and some don't. They leave this week knowing about his truth, about his gospel. They leave knowing what it means to serve him. Some starting a relationship with him. We have an impact on these kiddos. And I was privileged last fall to go to a kids conference, a kids ministry conference. And while I was at that conference, there, um, one of the sessions I was in, they were presenting some research from a Barna study that really just kind of shook me. I've said it multiple times, and it's because it just really left an impact on me that kids' worldview used to be your worldview was shaped and finalized around your early 20s. And then it kind of lowered into your later teen years. Now, most kids have a developed and solid worldview by the age of 13. 13. They begin to form this worldview at ages 7 and 8. They'll be my first and second graders, some of my third graders. So they begin to form their worldview at first grade. This worldview that will be not quite solidified, but close to at 13. So the impact that we have through this week of serve every Sunday in our kids programming, we are making an impact on these kids to have a relationship with Jesus so that they can have a biblical worldview, that they can seek him in the midst of all the chaos. And so I'm just so thankful for the opportunity that we've had this past week and that we get each and every Sunday to pour into the lives of these kids and expose them to Jesus. And so I'm going to bring our four, five, six pastor, Kenzie Harris, up to the stage, and she's going to tell you about our fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Well, hi, friends. You can tell which people have been with me because they say hi, friend, back. Um, well, if we haven't met, my name is Kenzie Harris. Uh, like uh, Amanda said, I am the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade pastor here at Union Chapel, um, which means, yeah, I got to hang out with fourth, fifth, and sixth graders all week. And we had a blast, didn't we? We got to do a lot of cool things, but most importantly, we got to walk through the word of God together uh, as we also went through the fruit of the Spirit But we, because it's me, we looked at it through the lens of the life of David and how he exemplified different fruits of the Spirit. So we started out by looking at 
how we can show kindness, how we can learn from David, because David showed kindness to someone who didn't deserve it, who didn't earn it, who could never repay it. Um, And so we learned how we should also do that as we go out into the world. We learned that we can have an intimate relationship with the same faithful God that David had, um, because David was met by God in his lowest moment um, by a faithful God who brought him the people he needed at the time that he needed And we can learn, although not all of us did in the moment, that we can have self-control like David had to learn too. We baked cookies this week, and not every kid uh, had caught on that you need to show self-control with the cookie dough because they ate too much of it, I heard. Um, But we had enough cookies, and that's all that that really matters. But it was a great week to be able to engage uh, with the Word of God with these kids. And what I had learned and what I had heard and what I had seen was that these kids get it. Like, they understand way more than we may give them credit for because they were able to not just hear it and speak it, but then they were able to go and do it, and they lived it out. My students get to go off campus um, a couple times a week and go out into the community and serve people, and I only heard good feedback from all of my leaders, that kids were so engaged uh, in the activity that they were doing, and they were living out the fruit of the spirit. Because what I have discovered, because I stuck around for 180 stuff in the evening, was that these students, this next generation, is so hungry for who God is and to have that intimate relationship with him. And we got to witness it for a very brief moment uh, every day this past week. But I was being reminded over and over and over again, the Lord kept reminding me that in 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul, the apostle Paul, he's writing to his, his young pastor friend, Timothy, and he says, let no one look down on you because you are young, but instead set an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And that's what you guys did all week. You, d- you didn't let anyone look down on you because you were younger, because you were in fourth grade, or because you were in ninth grade, or because you were a three-year-old, Right? Every one of you guys exemplified what it means to be a follower of Jesus, every part of serve. But what I was challenged by was that we, me, and the other adults in the room, we have to set that example too. That we have to show them what it looks like to live out a life of faith and to overflow with the Spirit, right? To bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love and joy and peace and patience, right? And it was, yeah, it was an incredible week. And I was so privileged to get to watch fourth graders correct me and how I was not being patient um, or how I didn't have self-control. But you guys did an awesome job. So give a round of applause for yourselves because that was pretty cool to watch. Uh, And our 180 pastor, Christopher, he's going to come up and kind of share a little more about what God got to do. Well, good morning, Union Chapel. My name is Christopher Glotzbeck. Me and Jay Coles get the opportunity and honor to help pastor and shepherd our 7th through 12th graders, our 180 ministry. And this has been a great week, and I've been really, really encouraged by y'all. And I share this as a first service, and I'll share it again. We did not go through Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, because it was too convicting. And so instead, we, we went a different way, okay? I wasn't ready to, to be under the, uh, the wrath of God in that way. So uh, we have been going through Psalm 23 and talking about what it would look like to live a life without lack, as the Lord is our shepherd. And every night, we would read it together. And so I'm going to invite all of us 
to stand. If you don't have it memorized or you don't have a Bible with you, the words will be up on the screen, and we will read it together um, right here. Here we go. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, you may be seated. Good job. Well, this week, yeah, just like I mentioned, we talked about what it would look like to live a life without lack as the Lord, as our shepherd. And Thursday morning, I received a call. All of the details had been made, all the plans finalized. And Thursday morning, I won't throw the rental company under the bus, but we received a call that they had not been able to fulfill our order of 10 rental vans. So we're trying to transport 167 students across Muncie, and I started to panic. And the Lord was like, Christopher, (laughs) remember, you serve a God who is your shepherd in an abundant kingdom. And so I got on the phone, and a couple of my volunteers got on the phone, and we made calls to almost 100 churches and and organizations around the area as far north as Winchester and Newcastle and Muncie, all over the place. And we came up with enough vans. It was amazing. Uh, Last minute. And then... The company, I almost said their name, the company was able to fulfill three of the vans. And they were like, we're forever indebted to you. We're so sorry. This is the second year in a row, by the way, but I digress. And they said, we'll send three vans over. And on their way, one of them was in an accident. (laughs) And so the Lord again was like, Christopher, just trust me. Trust that I've got this under control. And we were able to get one more van. And so we were able to secure eight vans kind of at the last minute, which was an amazing, amazing reminder that we serve a mighty, mighty God. And throughout this week, as we dove into Psalm 23, as the Lord being our shepherd and, and trusting him, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness, the Lord is right by us, that he is willing to lead us. And not only that, we also read in John 10, 10, that the enemy, that there's an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but the Lord has come that we might have life and life in the full, in abundance. And so what does it look like to be in a world? We can see it. Uh, We see it all around us, how much struggle and pain are in the world, how much brokenness is in the world. And on Monday night, we had an opportunity, all the students, all 167 of us had an opportunity to write down the thing that we feel like we don't measure up in the eyes of God, the sin that separates us from Jesus, the ways in which we can't freely worship because of the way we look or the way we talk or the way we act or how we're just never gonna be good enough. Does God even love me? Were some of the questions that our students were wrestling with this week. And we wrote that down, and on Thursday night, there was a great banquet table on the stage set up. And in verse 5, the psalmist writes, You prepare a table in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. 
And this reminder that sometimes God is just going to allow us, he's going to give us the strength to walk through life and all the things, all the lies that we believe are still going to be there. But what would it look like to fix our eyes on Jesus? And so that was a challenge. And on Thursday night, we gave an invitation to participate in communion together. And I encouraged our students, say, hey, this isn't just some cute little tea party that we're doing or a little skit that we're performing, but this is a demonstration that we are going to die to ourselves, that we're going to pick up our cross and we're following Jesus. And I was so encouraged just by the boldness of our students this week that they decided to die to the lies that they were believing, their life of sin, the ways in which they're living their life, and they're saying, hey, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus And some of these students, the majority of these students, all but like four of them, ministered to me. And the four that that didn't minister to me, I know that you're going to this week when we hang out. Um, Because it's good. It's good to hang out and to be together. But y'all, I'm so impressed with you. Like I was weeping during worship every night because you have great potential. You have great potential to love other people and to love Jesus. And so keep it up. Keep going. All right, you're, you're not done yet. I'm excited for serve next year. It's gonna be the best one yet. All right, let's do this. Here you go, Pastor Jeff. Well, my name is Jeff Hughes, and in addition to being the Connections Pastor, I also lead our planning team for Serve. We start in January, uh, dreaming and brainstorming uh, themes and uh, recruiting leaders and, and everything. Serve started in 2002, we had about 30 youth and about 10 children. Uh, I was a team leader and led a team that year. And as you can imagine, uh, just looking back on this in our 22nd year, what God has done uh, through these last several years is just a miracle. It's a God-driven, um, God-ordained miracles, exactly what it is. And I just want to remind you that God is up to something, and it is very powerful among this generation of young people. They are hungry. They're hungry for God. They're hungry for authentic people who will follow Jesus and and model that for them. And I just want to brag on our team up here, uh, pastors Amanda, Kenzie, and Christopher, and all of their staff who've done just an amazing job. Uh, modeling this, leading this for our young people. But I want to issue a challenge to all of us um, because, you see, we need to be champions of this next generation. We do. It's what God is calling us to do. We have historic numbers of young people who have been a part of Serve this year. And we believe that that is, that is really in, in relation to the desire that God has put on their heart to follow him, to seek him. And we want this to be a springboard for us through the year. But I just want to challenge you in a couple things. We had a team leader who is 64 years old who posted on our Serve Week at Union Chapel Facebook page. He said, uh, Friday night, late, we're all just kind of reminiscing of the week and making some posts for that group, which is a great group to be a part of. And he said, I came into this week, I was so nervous. I, I, I didn't know if the team would accept me as a you know, 64-year-old man. And, and he said he had one of the best weeks of his life 
leading this group of young people, their passion for Jesus, their passion to serve our community, to worship God, to accept one another, to go out and to make a difference. And I just want to challenge you because some of you in this room, you think that, that, that you're too old or not able to step into a ministry role where you're leading the next generation. And there is a move of God. There is a wave of God that is crashing over our church. And it is, it is predominantly, not exclusively, but predominantly hitting those 19 and younger who are, who are young people seeking after the heart of God, wanting to change their friends' lives by, by sharing Jesus with them. And, and we, need to, we need to step into that. We need to step into that, adults. We need to step into that to receive that for ourselves, to become passionate about Jesus, loving him and living for others. And we need to step into their lives in, in a more intentional way throughout the whole year. You see, one thing we, we haven't celebrated is that there were over 300 adults. Could we celebrate that? Give them a round of applause. Man. Some of these adults slept on the floor. They came early last Monday, and they didn't leave until late on Friday, and they were here the whole time. They were taking care of young people, making sure they had everything they need, and they were leading these teams. But I believe it takes all of us. I believe it takes every single one of us. It is, it's a sad thing when those on this team say, I have young people who want to be mentored I have a group of fifth graders at a table on Sunday morning who, who just need a couple people to ask the questions that go with the lesson, and, and there's not enough uh, of us and of them. And so I just want to encourage you to just prayerfully consider what does it look like for you to champion those who are part of the next generation in our church and also, I want to issue this challenge to you. Maybe you're a parent or a grandparent in the room, and, and you have someone 19 and under that you are responsible for who has not been a, a part of the programming here at, at church. We need them. We not only want to invest into their lives, but we want to help them understand and, and grab a hold of their God-given destiny that the Lord has for them. And this team is doing a phenomenal job doing that every single week. And if you want that for your kids, which I know you do, plug them in. Plug them in, and you plug in as well. So how do we springboard from this week into what God has for us throughout the rest of the year? Because, see, here's what would be, here's what would be a shame. It would be a shame if three months or six months or eight months from now, we're still talking about that one thing that God did during Serve Week, and that's all we're talking about. God does not want us to live on, on, on the experiences of this week that tied us over all the way to next June. He wants to give those to us throughout the year. And so here's, here's what I'm challenging us to do. Three things, real quick. The first is plug into the power of the Holy Spirit. Plug into the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God wants to speak to you. The, the gentleman in the room right now who's going to work tomorrow morning, God's going to speak to you about talking with a coworker about something specific. And you'll only be able to, to live that out, to, to execute that conversation and what God is guiding you to do by being in tune and plugging into the Holy Spirit. The second thing is we want to position ourselves to be available for his leading. We, we want to position ourselves to listen. That's what happened all week long. 
We encourage our team leaders to, to position ourselves to be available, to listen to what God has, and to respond to that. And church, I want to encourage you to position yourself, to make yourself available for God to use you. Maybe that means plugging into a ministry with Next Gen or some other opportunity here at the church, but, but being available. And the last thing is this, and we challenge every team on Monday morning and through the week to do this, and it's this, to plan to say yes to whatever God asks of you. You see, friends, if we say right now, I will say yes, no matter what it is, when God reveals the details of the what, we've already said yes. And so today, before you leave this place, I challenge you just to do those things, to say yes God, whatever it is, show me to plug into the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you and to position yourself in in a heart that is available and willing, willing to lead, to love, to serve. And I believe that this revival, I don't believe that 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 word is is inappropriate to use here, this revival that God is using in our, our next generation of young people is going to rattle our church and our city and the nation And so we have a choice to be a part of it or to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. How many of you are in? You want to be a part of what God is doing throughout the year. Amen. Amen. Well, we have baptisms in all three of our services today. And if you are getting baptized, I want to invite you to go ahead and stand up and make your way over to the baptismal. I want to say this. If you're in the room today and you feel a nudge to be baptized, the requirements are that you trust Jesus Christ with your life and you submit to him. We have a shirt for you. We have a towel for you. We have a trash bag to send your wet clothes home with you. We have everything you need. So if you feel that nudge, we invite you to to present yourself as a candidate for baptism by saying yes to those things. Just stand up if that's you. Make your way over to the baptismal. We'll baptize you today in addition to these 20 people. If you're a candidate for baptism, go ahead and make your way over. I'll turn things over to Pastor Glenn.